Thank you for joining us today for the Gospel Light Baptist Church podcast with Pastor Brent Lenentine. We are a Bible-believing, Christ-honoring, gospel-centered church family located in Rio Rancho, New Mexico. We are motivated to love God, grow together, and serve others. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, please visit us at gospellightbaptist.org. Now we hope you enjoy today's message from Pastor Brent Lenentine. there if you would and want you to turn to Luke chapter 15. We're continuing on here with a series that we've been doing. So we're halfway through. And so you'll see there um, on the screen the, the five verses that we'll be reading here this morning. As we continue on with this thought, I had said from the very first week that this parable and this truth now about the prodigal and about those involved with him with this story it's just way too much to be able to really handle properly uh, in any one message. And so we want to look at this a little bit more in depth. For all that are able to, if you would stand. And um, <clears throat> so we want to be able to read this text here uh, in uh, Luke chapter 15 and then in verse number 17. The Bible says here, again, about the prodigal son, the younger son. It says, and when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants... Of my father have bread and enough, uh, bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, and when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. The Heavenly Father would come to you and we thank you so much for your precious word. And God, I pray that you would speak to our hearts uh, just in the truth now from this, this passage, this part. Uh, of the account now of the prodigal son. Help us, I pray, to learn from this. And we'd ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. As you're seated there and you have your Bible open, we'll look at some spots. There's about three places that we'll actually turn to here now this morning. Years ago, I went hunting. And um, I made two different hunts, one time for mule deer, one time for elk. And so in this one, I had gone with Bill Harris. He had set it up, and he's in heaven now, but a faithful member of our church many years ago. And so we went down to an area in the southwest of New Mexico. It was out from Silver City. And it's an area in the woods where, I, of course, I had never been to before. And so we went on a logging road and parked in an area that was inside of our area for the hunt. And we jumped out and, and prepped and then got ready uh, to go out hunting. And so he's leading the way, and he's showing his his preacher, how to do this thing, and so he's traipsing through the woods. And we're going up a hill and down the valley and up another hill and then running the canyon up and up over another hill, and we're going in every different direction. Now, I'm not very experienced with this, but I'm wondering how it is that we're going to find our way back again. Uh, we didn't have a compass, and 
That was before the days of a GPS on your smartphone or something like that. And so I didn't know exactly how it was that we were going to be able to get out of this. But he seemed to not be worried at all. And he was just charging forward for the elk. Now I was nervous enough that I was letting him look for the elk. And I was just trying to track where we were so that hopefully we could be able to get back out of there again. I thought this is no place to get lost. We'll get in here. We'll get lost. And four days later, they'll send the dogs out for us and some search helicopters. And maybe they'll find us, maybe not. We'll have to eat bugs and grub worms and stuff like that. And really, that wasn't very appealing or appetizing to me. And I thought, what in the world are we doing? Why am I here? I'm no hunter. Who am I trying to fool? Actually, I hadn't fooled anybody at all. And so as we were going along for quite some time, finally, Bill's concern started to turn towards finding our way back as opposed to just simply looking for the out. Now I was rejoicing about that because I had been praying for a long time that he'd be a little bit concerned about where we were. And so we turned around and I said, we need to go back in this direction here. And so we started going down the hill and everything. And you sure about that? Yeah, we got it. And so we started down the hill and finally we came to a logging road. Now, when we came to a logging road, I was kind of encouraged about that because now I thought instead of a search team having to find us, a logger will find us, amen? We'll still be eating grub worms and all of that, but at least they'll find us and this will work out really well. And so I was excited about that. Now, when we came to the logging road, uh, Bill's just sure that we need to go to the right, okay? But I'd been tracking this thing in my mind and I knew that we need to go to the left. He was insistent and he was the experienced hunter. We had to go to the right. So he turned and started going to the right. I didn't budge. He's going further and he's looking at me. He's going further and he's like, come on. I said, no, you're going the wrong direction. I said, I'm not going. I'm not going to the right at all. I'm not taking a step in that way because you're going the wrong direction. Finally then, probably just because I was his pastor, he turned around and he said, okay, we'll go in your direction for a while. And so with every step as we were going, I was praying that he wouldn't turn back yet because I would have hated to leave him, right? And so we were going along in that direction. And finally, after a time, we came up and here was the truck. So the left was the right direction to go in. And that's not an application for all of life. But in this case, it worked out. And so the left was the right direction to go in. Now, when we got there and found it, he was so shocked he couldn't believe it. So days later after we home, he gave me a little ribbon that I could wear that said that I had achieved then junior Boy Scout because I found our way back home again. Now, I want to promise you I didn't care anything about that award, but I was super excited that we got back home. Amen? And I want to say for the prodigal also, I think he was really glad that he took the road back home. Amen? Amen? Now, it was a bad choice for him to leave, but one of the better choices he ever made was to choose the road back home. Amen? Now, I want us to, in your bulletin, there is uh, some in the center part top. There are four different points there with the word missing. And I want you to fill it out. And if you would also put some other verses along with this uh, that could be a help to you that you could look up later as you go. First off, and we started out with this in the very first message, but we want to because here's where we are right now in the story. We want to look at this thing of the attention gather. In the first message, we talked about that aha moment, specifically where... The younger son here came to himself is what it tells us in verse 17. So in verse 17 it says, And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants have food enough to eat? And they get up from the table full and I'm starving to death here. And so he came to himself. Now I want to say that what this younger son found out is something that all of us are going to find out at some point in our life. That is that we have failed plans. That is that we plan something and we 
figured it out and we thought we had it right and we thought we had this all figured out and if I just go my way and if I do my choices and if I do what I want to do, then I'm going to have a much better life if I just do it my way. The only problem is, is that I don't know what's best for my life. Have you ever stopped to figure that out? The reason why I don't know what's, it's my life and I'm going to live my life my way. But the reason why I don't know what's best for my life is because I don't know tomorrow. But there is somebody who does know tomorrow, and that's God, amen? And God loves us, and God loves us more than we have ever imagined. God loves me more than I love me, amen? And God loves me more than I would imagine, and God wants to help me. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And God wants to guide my steps in the direction that I go, but whenever we make this self-willed choice, this is the way I want to live my life, and this is the best direction for me, whenever we make those choices, we'll often find ourselves uh, having plans that failed, failed plans. And I want to say then that what happens as we go along is that ultimately now God is not the one who caused the problems in the life of the prodigal son. It wasn't God's fault. It wasn't God that caused him to be in the pig pen. It wasn't God that caused him to lose and to waste and spend all of his money. It wasn't God that caused for all of his friends to leave and depart him. All of those was a series of reaping some wrong decisions that he had made. So he sowed to the flesh, and we talked about this already. So obviously he reaped from the flesh, which the Bible says that he reaped destruction. So now he finds himself in a place of frustration and agony and hunger. I mean, he's just, he's just down on his luck. He's just really having a difficult time at this point in his life. But truthfully, it was just simply the outcome of some wrong choices that he made in his life. So God then sends this moment, or this moment then comes in his life, and God uses that to be able to get the attention of the prodigal son. You're not supposed to be here. This is not what I have for you as my child. I have something so much better for you. And so he came to this point where he realized then that he had made some wrong choices. Now with this, number two, write this down then, that he actually then came to a change of mind. And I want to look at this a little bit, and then the next point, and I want to really define for us something very important that we need to understand. So what happened then for the prodigal is that he came to a point where he changed his mind. Now previously what happened, and I illustrated this before, here's the younger son. Oops, who puts all this stuff in my way? So here's the younger son. And the older son, and they were going to the field day by day. They're working in the father's field. Now, the older son was doing it. Sometimes he did it by duty. Sometimes he did it because he was happy to do it. But the younger son, every day when he went to the field, he was frustrated about it. So his body was in the field, but his heart was in the foreign land, right? And so it was only a matter of time until he followed his heart and he went to the foreign land, 
that he had been dreaming about for a long, long time. So this is why all of us need to be very careful to guide our, guard our heart. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. So the younger son was in the field, but his heart was in the foreign land. Now what happened then is that he had to come to a point where he changed his mind. And if you want to write this word down, that is called repentance. Repentance. And so we come then and we need to come to this point of repentance. It says much about this in the Bible, Old and New Testament. But in Matthew 3, in verse number 2, it's the first use of the word repent in the New Testament. And this is what it says. And saying, John the Baptist preaching this message. And saying, repent ye, repent ye for the kingdom of God is at hand. So the word repent there, listen to this statement, the word repent there means to think differently, to think afterwards, and, and I'll kind of illustrate this for you, to reconsider, to think differently, to think afterwards. Now what happens so often is, is that we're not willing to admit that our idea, our way is wrong, so many times we actually wind up realizing it after the fact. So here's the prodigal son. He's in the field, but his heart is in the foreign land. Finally, he follows his heart and he goes to the foreign land. This was his plan. This was his dream. He knew it would be so wonderful and amazing and awesome. I finally got to do what I wanted to do with my life, not what somebody else had planned for my life. Well, what if that somebody else that has plans for your life is God who created you? It's a question worth considering, right? Maybe it's not just mom and dad and preacher and, and other people like that that are forcing you to live a life that you don't want to live. Maybe it's God's will. Maybe you're just supposed to be in God's will. So here is this younger brother, the prodigal, in the foreign land. Why? Because he always wanted to be there. That's what he wanted. It was his dream. Be careful what you wish for because you might just get it. Amen? And that's exactly what happened for the prodigal. This is what he wished for. And bam, he got it. Amen. And now he's sitting here in the foreign land. Now what does he do? He thinks differently. Listen to the statement. He thinks after the fact. <laughs> I wish I hadn't realized this now. I wish I'd have realized it back here. I could have saved myself a lot of heartache if I would, if I would have realized it there and not here. Now I lost all my money. I'm sitting in the pig pen, a real disgusting thing for a Jew. I'm eating the same food that the pigs eat. Not a good diet, right? And I'm not eating enough, and I'm hungry every day, and life is really bad, right? And so this is where he finds himself, and so what happens then is he needs to repent. He needs to change his mind. And then also with that, he needed then to confess, there's just so many good verses here. We just got to look at a few, okay? And so you can hold your place there, but look back if you would at Proverbs. And I'll try to keep this moving as we look at a number of verses. But look if you would at Proverbs chapter 28. Now, I have a prayer list, as we all should have. Uh, and on the prayer list, I start out first re just, just rejoicing in the Lord and, and, and dealing with my some things with my personal relationship with the Lord. So I do this Acts, A-C-T-S. 
And so A is adoration, you just brag on the Lord. Now C is confession, and T is thanksgiving, and then S is supplication. So that leads right into me making all the different prayer requests that I have that I want to lift up before the Lord. Now C, confession, and what I do is I have a Bible verse with each one of these. And I read the Bible verse back to God, and I said, God, this is what you said to me, and I want to do this in my life. Now for C, for confession, this is a verse that I have. Now, these verses will change over time, but this is a verse that I have. In, he, in Proverbs chapter 28, and in verse number 13, here's what it says. He that covereth his sins shall not, what now? Prosper. So we're in Proverbs 28, in verse number 13. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper. But whoso confesseth and, what now? Forsaketh them shall have mercy. This is exactly where the prodigal was. This is exactly what was needed in his life. To confess and to forsake. That'll be in the next point, okay? To confess. He needed then to, listen to this, he needed to agree with God. God, you're right and I'm wrong. He also then needed to humble himself. In 1 Peter 5 and verse 6, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. So this prodigal then finds himself... In the place which is a product of his own selfish choices or decisions that he made. I want to live my life my way. Now when he found himself here, he needed to change his mind. He needed to repent and say, this is wrong. I am wrong. What I want in the direction for my life, I am wrong. Now to do that, he needed to humble himself and he needed to confess it is sin. The Bible says if we confess our sin, if we forsake our sin, then we will have the mercy of God. God will forgive us. God will be good to us. God will allow us to recover some blessings and goodness in our life if we're willing to confess it and if we're willing uh, to, to forsake that sin in our life. Now, this is just kind of a side point, and I think it's important in every generation. Let me just say kind of carefully, I really think it's important for us today. What the prodigal son found out when he was here, I need to confess my sin, I need to humble myself before God, I need to change my mind. But here's one of the really important things that the prodigal son needed to reckon with, and that is this. I need to learn to take personal responsibility for my actions. How many of us have ever seen somebody that every time they were in trouble, every time they were in a mess, listen to me now, it was always somebody else's fault. You ever met somebody like that? See, we, because of social media and because of this generation, and, and again, I don't mean just th you know, this generation is bad. Here's what, not what I mean. But part of this is true. We have come decades, listen to me now, we have come decades from revival and we have come decades in prosperity. And the combination of those two things causes a people that have a lot of expectations in their life. This is owed to me. Life is owed to me. And when you get the attitude that life is owed to you, here's what you're going to realize. Life never goes as good as you think that it should. Right? That's just a reality of it because you believe then that life is owed to you. So now you take social media and you put this together. Listen to me now. If young people today did not have a victim identity, they would have no identity at all. So they just have to be a victim. 
I was mistreated, and my parents treated me bad, and my pastor treated me bad, and my teacher, and all these people failed me in life. Here I am in the foreign land, and I'm in the pig pen, but it's not my fault. It's somebody else's fault. Now listen to me now. The prodigal would have never made the way back home as long as he continued to insist, this is not my fault. There was no reconciliation. There was no happiness. There was no victory until he humbled himself and came to the point of realization, this is my fault. This is my bad choices. It's not somebody else's fault. Amen? Now, in this story, he got a super problem because one thing we know for sure, it's not the father's fault. Buddy. The Father is a picture of our Heavenly Father in here, and He is just amazing. It wasn't the Father's fault. It wasn't. The fact of the matter is, is it was His fault, and He just had to be willing to face up to that. Amen? Now, write this down if you would. Here's the next one, and then I want to understand that not only was there a change of mind, but there needed to be then right action, a right action. A right action for him to do. And this is so very important. I love what it says here. Let's just look at this, if you're there in the text or not. It tells us now in verse number 18. Here's what he says. I will arise. Okay, verse number 18. I will arise and go to my father. How many of you have found people or how many of you know of people who are in a bad spot in their life and they realize they're in a bad spot in their life and they say... This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get right with God and I'm going to go to church. But how many of you have found that some people say the right words but don't do the right action? Right? Is that right or not? So here's what it says in verse number 18. Look at this. This is good. So in verse number 18 now he says, I will arise and go to my father. Verse number 20. And he, what now? Arose and came to his father. So... In verse number 18, we have a change of mind. But in verse number 20, thank God, we have a change in action. Amen? He just did the right thing. He did the right thing. There are lots of people who have really good intentions, but they're not very good at following through with it. Now, we're going to deal with this thing because many people would define, listen to the statement now, this is not bad, but I want to try to help us with this, okay? Many people would say the repentance is a change of mind that leads to a change of action. Now, there's some reason for that because we saw that word repent in Matthew 3 and verse number 2, and the word repent there just simply means, it just simply means a change of mind, okay? But then there's another word that comes from that, the very next word in sequence, if you would, in the Greek uh, um, uh, lexicon. Uh, and this one is a word repentance. And this word repentance, I'm going to give to you the definition of it first. Okay, it's com uh, compunction, but don't worry about that. But here's what it is. It is uh, guilty to include in reformation. By implication, it is a reversal that you act upon a decision. So there is then an action, an action from a change of mind. Now I want to help you with that though, because I think it's important for us to get this in the right perspective. So here's the prodigal son, and he said, you know what? I'm wrong. And he took personal responsibility. Humble himself, he took personal responsibility. I am wrong. 
But it wasn't just words with him. It actually was actions, which certainly is real repentance. Not only did he say, I'm going to go back to the Father, but he actually did go back to the Father. How many think that's a good thing? Amen? It isn't enough just to say it, but rather for us to actually do it. And this is a step that he took as he went forward. So here's some verses I want us to look at, two of them. And I want to just highlight a little bit from this. But look if you at Romans chapter 2 and in verse number 4. So Romans chapter 2 and then verse number 4. I want us to see this, okay? Because our actions speak louder than our words. And I know that you've heard that before. And your actions speak louder than your words. And so you need to then act. You need to act on that. Uh, and you need to take that step forward. So repentance now is a change of mind. But then it's, it's something more than that. I want us to see this now. In Romans chapter 2 and in verse number 4, it says this. Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and his forbearance and longsuffering. How many of you are glad that God's long-suffering towards us? Amen? How many of you are glad that he's forbearing? What that means is to, to bear up means to endure a bad situation. And God, in his long-suffering, endures a bad situation in our life. Okay? The goodness of God. Look at this in verse number 4. Now right here in the middle it says, not knowing. Look what it says. Not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee where? To repentance. So the goodness of God, listen to me now. He was the prodigal son and he was a mess in the pig pen. And God was moving and convicting on his heart. Bringing him back to himself again. The Holy Spirit of God was convicting and bringing us back to God again. And so here's the prodigal and he says, I'm wrong. I'm going to go back to the father. But then the prodigal son in turn did go back to the father. Here's what I want us to understand. That is not totally a work of sinful man and woman. That's a work of God in our life. It's a work of grace in our life. It is the goodness of God that brings us to repentance. Because God loves us. And because God does in us what we can't do by ourselves. What's the difference between somebody who just says the right words but never does the right thing or someone who says the right words and then actually does the right thing? What's the difference between that? It is the work of God in our life. Listen, I do not have the ability to save myself. I do not have the ability to make myself do right. And I do not have the ability to get right with God. It is a work of the grace of God. So the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. Now I want us to see this thing right here as we move along. 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. And I want us to see this now as we lay down a foundation. This is so important. Listen, I, I just want to tell you, you must, you must. There must be repentance in our life. We must get right with God in our life. But I want to also assure you of this. You do not have the ability in and of yourselves to do that. I'm going to clean my life up and then come back to God so he'll be pleased with me. No. This is why we sing that song of invitation from years ago. And it was Billy Graham's theme song that he used all along in the invitation. And it was called Just As I Am. You do not clean your life up and then come to Jesus. You open your heart to God. You throw your hands out to Jesus and say, I'm trusting you. I need you. And he saves you and cleans you up. You can't do that. It's a work of God. It's a work of grace. 
You will never be pleasing to God if you simply rely on your own ability to clean your life up. You won't. It won't happen. Now, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 25. 2 Timothy 2 and verse number 25. Here's what it says. In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. What was the prodigal son doing in the pig pen? He was opposing himself. Amen? In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. If God perventure will give them what now? Repentance. It is God that gives us repentance. Realizing I'm wrong and turning and coming back to God is a powerful, supernatural work of God. I cannot do it myself. Amen? If peradventure, God will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. That's the change of mind. So here's the prodigal son in the foreign land, and he acknowledges the truth. I'm wrong. God, you are right. Then God gives him repentance and the ability then to be able to come back to God again. So is real repentance a change of mind that leads to a change of action? Yes, but. Yes, but. In repentance, God is able to change me way better than I am able to change myself. Amen? So it isn't me changing my mind. I didn't do that but by the conviction of the Holy Spirit. It isn't me fixing my life. That is the work of the Holy Spirit of God. Now listen, you say, well, that's confusing. What do I do? What do you do is just fall on your face before God. And say, God, I'm wrong and I just need you. And I want to promise you, if you'll humble yourself, then coming back to God is exactly what you want to do. Well, I love my sin so much. Listen to me now. If you fall on your face and humble yourself before God and crowd to him, coming back to God is exactly what you want to do. Amen? Amen? God does that work in us. Now, I want us to see if we would this very last thing. And this is going to uh, hopefully be a help to us. But that is this. Uh, that, let me see where we're at. Um, uh, probably, there we go, I jumped over it. There we go. Words matter. Words matter. We'll get to the verse in just a moment. It's very important. We're going to have you to turn there. Words matter. And so here's what happened. And I just want to kind of break this down for you. Here's, second, here's uh, Luke chapter 15. And so here's, just to summarize this, in verse 17, he says, uh, verse 18, I'm going to rise and go to my father. Then in verse 20, he arose and he went to his father. And he planned out, this is what I'm going to say to my father. But in the last part of verse number 20, the father saw him. And I'll talk about this next, next week, but, but can you imagine the love and the mercy of the father? I believe that in every opportunity the father got, he looked down the road looking for his son to return. Amen? He was looking down the road every day. Maybe this is the day that my son will come back. And he was looking every day. Now the son, when he was in the prodigal uh, in the uh, foreign land, he almost never thought of the father. But the father was thinking of him every day. And he was looking for him to come. He didn't run to the father, the father ran to him. He didn't fall on the father, the father fell on him. He didn't weep to the father, the father wept for him. Now listen to this statement. How easy would it have been for the prodigal son to say, I don't need to say any of those words that I was going to say, because look, the father loves me already. Look, the father's accepted me already. But here's what I want you to understand. We're going to look at a verse that's powerful. Listen to this. Words do matter, and words need to be said. 
So they'll give you what at Jose if you can find it. If not, I'll just read it for you in a moment, okay? And so I want us to look at this uh, if we find it there in the book of Hosea, all right? And so in Hosea, so after the major prophets there, Daniel, and then you'll come to Hosea. So you have Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and then uh, Daniel, then you'll come to Hosea, all right? So I want you to find that if you can, Hosea, and then we're going to go to chapter 14, so right out the end. So Hosea, chapter number 14. Now, in verse number 1, it says, O Israel, return unto the Lord thy God, for thou hast fallen by thine iniquity, okay? That was fallen by thy iniquity. Now, look at this right here, because this is powerful. Verse number 2. So Israel was away from God, and Israel was supposed to make the way back home, okay? The road back home. And they were supposed to come back to God again. Now, this is amazing. Verse number 2. Take with you, if you're there, what does it say? Words. Take with you words. When you come back to the Father again, take with you words. Why? Because words matter. Words matter. Take with you words and turn to the Lord and say unto him, take away all iniquity and receive us graciously. So will we render unto you the calves. Now calves was an animal used to sacrifice, to make a sacrifice to get right with God. Could be a lamb. So it, it, John the Baptist said of Jesus, the lamb of God. But it could be also then here calf that would be made as a sacrifice. So, so man had sinned and then there would be a sacrifice, bloodshed, which was a picture looking forward to Jesus on the cross. But here's the sacrifice to be right with God. So it says the calves, but here's what's so interesting, the calves of our lips. Do you realize that our lips can make a right sacrifice to God? So that's why we're supposed to take words. So here's what the prodigal son said, and this is good. The father fell on him, the father wept, the father hugged him, the father rejoiced that he was back again. And then in verse number 21, the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned. This is exactly what he said he was going to say. Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. What was that? That's repentance. Okay? What happened? The prodigal son said it, even though it would have been easy to justify not saying it. He still said it. Why? Because words matter. Amen? They matter to God. God wants us to say Forgive me for my sin. God wants us to say, God, I love you. God wants us to say, thank you for being so good to me. He wants us to say, I'm confessing my sin. Forgive me of this sin and cleanse me from this sin. He wants us to say it. Amen? He wants us to say it. Now, as we close, that brings me to this thought. Are there words that matter? Are there words that need to be said that has been a really long time since you have said them? Let's try this out. Let's read these aloud. I was... I was... I was... Do you know there's some in a marriage, husband and wife, do you know usually there's one or the other who literally almost never says they're wrong? You can get quiet, but I ain't getting quiet. I'm bearing down on this. There are some in a marriage who almost never say, I am wrong. But listen to me now. 
Words matter. Amen? Words matter. And I want to say to you, you need to familiarize yourself with these words. It's a good thing. It's a helpful thing. Amen? I was, help me out, wrong. I was wrong. I was wrong. I was wrong. Amen? People need to hear that. Listen to this. Listen to this. But you need to say it. People need to hear it, but you need to say it. I was wrong. Do you know there are many marriages that really, really suffer? And there are marriages that even broke up because one or the other person was never willing to say, I was wrong. Now you've got to humble yourself to do that, right? There's some repentance there. You've got to change your mind. I'm wrong and you're right with God, or I'm wrong in what it was that I did. Let's try this other word. Ready? I am sorry. Let's say it now. I am sorry. Equally so, there's some that don't say this. If you're never wrong, then why would you ever say I'm sorry, right? Right? And if you did say I'm sorry, you wouldn't necessarily mean it because you really ultimately didn't think that you were wrong. The only problem was is that you got caught at something or there's a strain there, so you're willing to give some lip service towards something just because uh, you want to try to fix the matter in this particular moment. But I was wrong. We're practicing now. Ready? I was wrong. Listen, I'm not going forward until you practice with me. I was wrong. Some of you are still not saying it, are you? Those words are not in your vocabulary. They've never been put together in this order. Amen? I was wrong. Now, maybe we said it this way. You were wrong, but maybe we never said it in this order to say that I am wrong. Amen? I was wrong. You guys want me to be done with this, don't you? <laughs> Amen, preacher. Then I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then, buddy, this is rough. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. Those words are hard to come out. Amen? Please forgive me. But listen, this is what we're doing with our Father in our heavenly relationship. God, I'm wrong. And I'm sorry for that. I broke your heart. I disobeyed you. I'm sorry for that. God, please forgive me. And I hope, even if you've never said that to your spouse or to your kids, I hope you said that to God. Right? Why would you have not said that to God? Because God's perfect and God made you and created you. Why would we never have said that to God? But here's what I want to assure you. The more freely we say it to God, the easier it is to say to other people that we love. Did you catch that? The more often and the more freely we say it to God, the easier it is to say to others that we love or to say to others that we hardly know. It's just a matter of humbling ourselves Right? To allow God to work. Hey, this might help some of your marriages. Amen? Amen. Snuck up on you on that, didn't we? Because we're talking about the prodigal son. <laughs> Snuck up on you that one. But that's okay. Amen? Now with all of this, let's understand the importance of these things. So the prodigal, listen to this. Thank God. The prodigal then found then the road back home. Now I want to say the father was looking for this very thing. And he was standing there, maybe on his rooftop, which was common in those times, in Bible times, and he was looking, and he was looking for the prodigal son to come back home. And I want to say, as it says on there, that some of us know a prodigal son, some of us have been a prodigal son, listen to this, or some of us currently are a prodigal son or daughter. Amen? And God says, I love you, and I want you to come back home. 
Amen? Oh, it's sweet to be back home. I told you we were lost and my mind's running crazy. You know, am I going to die out here in the woods? And it was really, that's really an exaggeration because it was not like days. It was an hour, two hours. <laughs> and I hate to admit that, but I already told you that I wasn't a hunter, right? So this was all new to me. There were trees all around and there was no, there was no buildings and there was no street lights and there was no sidewalk. And so it bothered me. It shook me a little bit. But I was glad, listen to me now, I was glad to be on the road back home. Amen? And I want to say, for many of us, we need that road back home. Let's pray if we would and ask God to help us. Hi, this is Brent Lenentine. And before we go, I want to say thank you for listening to this podcast. It is our prayer that today's message has encouraged and helped you. If you have any questions about how to be saved or your Christian walk, we would love to connect with you. Please visit us at gospellightbaptist.org. If you live in the greater Albuquerque area and don't have a church home, we hope that you'll visit with us soon at Gospel Light Baptist Church in Rio Rancho. And if you do have a church home, then I pray that you are able to attend there. Every person needs to be faithful and accountable in a local church where they can grow and serve. This podcast is a supplement to your spiritual growth and let it encourage you to be more for Christ. Again, our website is gospellightbaptist.org. Thank you for listening and have a great week. Thank you for tuning in today. If you are listening for the first time, we believe the most important decision you could ever make is the decision to know Jesus in a personal way. To find out more about that, please visit gospellightbaptist.org slash Jesus. If you are a regular listener, we want to thank you for your time, and we would ask that you subscribe to this podcast, and also take a moment to share it with others on social media. Until next time, may God richly bless you.